What is going on, everyone? That was me attempting to sing. I don't do it often, so you should feel pretty lucky that I am doing it for you today. Um, hope your day's going good. Hope your week's going good. Um, we have an amazing episode for you today, but before we get into that, I got to give you my world-famous announcements. Um, wherever you're listening to my voice right now, no matter how painful that might be, hit subscribe. Whether you're listening to this on uh, iTunes, I'm sorry, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're hearing my voice, hit subscribe. That way, every time we come out with a new episode of Engage Podcast, it will be there on your phone waiting for you to listen to it every Thursday. It makes it easy for yourself. Also, we are um, on the tail end of our uh, YouTube promotion campaign. Um, where if you um, haven't subscribed yet, when you hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, which the link for that's just down in the show notes, uh, you'll be directed to our YouTube page. And when you hit subscribe there, your name gets put into a random hat. And at the end of the summer, so the end of of this month in August, we're going to pull a random name out of that hat. And if your name is picked and you live in the local area, me and Pastor Anthony will have you as a guest on this very show. That's right. You'll get to share your story. You'll get to tell people who you are, and you will be listened to by the thousands of people that listen to this podcast every single week. Um, Also, if you don't live in the local area um, and you can't be on the show, me and Pastor Anthony will send you one of his favorite books completely for free with our name signed on the inside cover. So it is a win-win for you either way. There's nothing to lose, only something to gain by you hitting that subscribe button. Um, Also, again... If you haven't come out yet, you gotta come check out our outside services here at Faith Presbyterian Church, 11 a.m. outside in the back parking lot. They are so much fun, and I can't, as much as I want to go back to normal, you know, go into the church building, I don't want these outside services to end because they're just so much fun. And if you're someone who you haven't been to church in a long time, you're not sure about getting back into, you know, the old, you know, the, the tradition of going every single Sunday. This is a perfect way to get back into it because it's not your typical church. It's not your, you know, you you sit in the pew listen to the hymns. It's you're out you're outside under the nice hot sun listening to God's word being read and then expounded upon. Great community, fantastic way to get back into um, going to church. So that's 11 a.m. every single Sunday here at Faith Presbyterian Church. All right, our guest today um, was so much fun to talk to. Uh, We could have done another hour easily. We could have done another hour, but he's a very busy guy. um, So we wanted to make sure we were very mindful of time. Um, His business is in the eyeglass um you know business world um and one of the things that i i said to him before we got um started with this podcast is that when most people think of ministry they always think of it as work within a church right um but a lot of times what ministry is is you using your gifts your talents um and just using it to glorify god and that's exactly what our guest uh did with his particular company his name is jim schneider of eyes of faith let me tell you something you're gonna learn a lot today we learned a lot today such a great guy such an amazing story and you're gonna end you're you're in for an amazing episode so sit back relax open your mind and engage with us as we listen to our friend jim schneider of eyes of faith
Welcome back to Engaged Podcast. This is where we bring in folks in the community that are leaders and influencers. This is our Leader to Leader series. Today we have the incredible privilege of having James Schneider, Eyes of Faith Optical, here with us. Jim, we're going to call you Jim through the rest of the show. Sounds how, good. How are you today? We're doing amazing. What a beautiful day. I'm happy to be here. It's just super cool. Thank you so much. We're honored to have you. So, Seth, what's new? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Just living, I guess. I don't know. Living the dream. You always put me on the spot. I never know know what to say. So I'm just going to keep it simple. Good. All right. That's fine. That's fine. It's it's been a good day so far. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Good day. Productive. Beautiful day outside. and, And you're sitting here and engaged. And I just want to know what were we, what did we do before Zoom? Because it's like, hmm. did we actually? Because I I've had a number of Zoom calls already this morning, and I'm like, did we just like call you before that? It's it's craziness, <laughs> huh? That's what I, I used to ask myself. What you know, what what did we do before text? Yeah, it's like, man, did we used to call each other all the time to ask this one question? Right. So now we have to deal with when someone texts you and then, you know, they call you right away and then you're like, I didn't want to talk to you yeah. to begin with. So now you're in the dilemma <laughs> of watching their name uh, flash on your screen and you're like, I'm not getting the phone. Right. <laughs> not yeah. that I ever do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just, mm-hmm. I just do that to Seth. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is, is safe, but Seth is the only one I do that to. It's okay. <laughs> no hard feelings. So, Jim. Yes. Um, you and I have, we've met, what, about four years ago? Was it's that... been a while, yeah, but I think about four years ago. We were ago. at the Panera, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So um, for those who are not familiar with what you do um, and your, your organization, why don't you go ahead and share about the Eyes of Faith uh, organization, the company you run? Well, we're a very unique company. We are actually an eyewear company. We sell mainly to eye doctors all across the country that are with our brand. Um, we say it's purpose, passion, style. It's been our tagline since we started the company in 2009. And the purpose was to give the gift of sight, spread the love of Christ through the gift of sight. Um, the passion piece is showing the love of Christ in the optical marketplace. And the style is what really separates us out in terms of, uh, my wife is our designer She's an optician by trade, so she designs glasses. Everything's custom designed um, with an optician in mind. It's like a, what f- best fit, color, shape. And we actually, as a small company, we utilize the world's leading trend forecaster for fashion. Um, and so we stay really up to date on what's happening two years from now because mm. there's a very long design lead time from a time a, a, a prototype is done until it's on a shelf ready to be shipped is a 18 month lead time. Hmm. Um, so when it, when you're dealing with custom designs like that, so it's a, that's a really cool thing with Amy. She, over these last 11 years has really fine tuned that whole design process and she, she does an amazing job. So again, we sell to eye doctors all across the country. Uh, we're based in downtown Sharon and during this whole COVID thing, you know, we've, we actually opened up a new optical boutique um, in the armory building behind Lulu Beans. 
and it turned out really cool, beautiful. It's it's there for Amy's design studio and for private styling sessions. Uh, people can go right to our website and schedule um, a, a styling session with the designer herself to get a pair of Eyes of Faith frames. And remind us of the website. It's eofoptical.com, eyesoffaithoptical.com, but it's eof optical or you can just google us it pops right up and we can put that in the comments right when this yeah. this is on uh yeah. you know when we post it on facebook yeah. so talk to us about uh the you, you mentioned trend forecaster yeah how, how who sets the trend is it like we look at hollywood and yeah. look at what george clooney is wearing <laughs> and tom cruise is wearing and that becomes the trend or, or, are they setting the trend or are they kind of um tapped into what's what's happening too and how does that work? Fashion companies um, will look to use those folks as celebrities to help set the trend. But they, these fashion companies already have in mind what they want the trend to be. <laughs> okay, so it's like like two years down the line, like you know, we we look at shapes, um, we look at color. And there's a lot of things that happen in the eyewear business. And, and so things things change a lot, but some things stay the same. You know, there's basically eight shapes that you work with in eyewear. You can make them a little bigger. You can make them a little smaller. You can do a little different things. Uh, what Amy loves to do is take color into it. She has thousands of color samples in our design studio. And... She that's where she really shines in terms of color selection. But the, the trend forecasting, they forecast out what the color trends are going to be in different seasons of the year. So we stay real, real close attention to, you know, our yellows are going to be hot for the spring or, or different variations. There's so many things that, that go into designing a frame. It's, it's kind of mind boggling actually. Mm. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. We're learning a lot yeah. right now. Yeah. I never, never would have known, you know, never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So I even like with, uh, in even texture wise too, like we have some of our frames, we, they're all acetate or kind of a, a plastic, um, frame, but we'll add like a wood grain texture to it to give it that give it a little different feel or something along those lines too so you know i was joking when i said people like tom cruise and george clooney mm -hmm. semi-joking yeah. but and you mentioned that they use people like that to sort of mm. get the that new style out right, there right who are the people like who are the hollywood people or the musicians that are without a doubt sent setting the trend so when so and so walks out with whether it's a new you know, the shirts or the glasses, who are the people that are the people to use for setting the trends? Well, interestingly, <laughs> we have one of those celebrities that kind of help us out, and she's gotten a, a radio host, Delilah. We have a pretty amazing collaboration with her, and and she's we've had uh, uh, her feature wearing our frames on a number of these magazines that, that showcase celebra what celebrities are wearing. Um so, I mean, it really, it's kind of like, I know what I'm saying, it's like, it's kind of like a, when when I look at what celebrities are doing and what they're wearing, they're, they'll just like these 
people in the optical industry will just take a snapshot of somebody wearing a frame and they don't must be being paid to wear for that frame. They're like, mm-hmm. Hey, look what, you know, what he's wearing or what Tom Cruise is wearing for the, obviously the aviator with the new Top Gun movie coming yeah, out. Yeah, right. All that You're going to see stuff. all yeah. the guys busting up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, some people are paid, but most people are just like, Hey, I'm just going to wear something different and unique. And, uh, and it could also it could be something very basic and simple that people just love. Mm-hmm. So that's fascinating. Yeah. So you have a pretty neat um, vision statement. You said it was purpose, passion, and style. Yes. Tell us how did that come to be? Well, it really comes starts down to where how the company started and what the vision of the company was when we when we laid out laid out its company back in two thousand eight. 2009, we kind of talked about this earlier, but it was uh, in the middle of a financial crisis that we were dealing with. But the company started with, it was born out of prayer, Um, you know, eyes of faith, we're prayerful people. And and I had just been praying the same thing over and over again, Um, God, how are you going to use me? And and what is going to be my purpose for moving forward in, in my career and that type of thing? And and again, it wasn't a shout. It wasn't a shout from heaven. But during a, a early morning Sunday prayer, uh, the thought of an eyewear company came to me, and I went to my wife and I woke her up from a very deep sleep and I said, "Amy, I had this amazing idea to start an eyewear company that honors God." She's like, "You're crazy. You need to go back to bed right now." <laughs> okay. Um, but after the cobwebs had cleared and we kind of talked about this, she's like, "Well, Jim, my prayer has been." Um, which I did not know what she was praying for. And it's like she was, it was personal for her and at that time. And she just said, how are you going to use me? All I know to do is fit people for glasses and love them unconditionally. So we've truly felt we came together on something. You know, I was doing very well in the insurance business, uh, had a great job, great income, um, you know, even during a financial crisis. Um, but we, we saw something there. And the next day, we booked a trip for uh, one of the largest optical events in the country called Vision Expo West in Las Vegas. I mean, this trip literally was Sunday, the thought came to me. Wednesday, we're arriving in Las Vegas. So we booked a trip on Monday, and Wednesday, we arrived. And we just saw um, nothing. Of the 5,000 brands of eyewear that are out there in the world, nothing represented faith. So Eyes of Faith was born at that time. With purpose, passion, style, as you know, can that kind of evolved into uh, what our tagline would be? Hmm. So um, there's something that you know you had that the dream to do this. You and your wife came together. Mm-hmm. Then in three days, you were out in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. How important is that when you look back into the, your story that you you acted on it? Because the reason why I ask that is because I believe that there's something important about putting things in motion mm-hmm. right and so a lot of people have these ideas and they the problem is is they just have ideas and they've had ideas for 5 10 15 20 years but i see that the movers and the shakers those mm-hmm. that are are leading right. that they're courageous enough to act on something even if it fails or even if it looks silly to other people right and in 3 days you're out there in vegas right we had this enormous passion to do this mm-hmm. And, and that was just overwhelming. And, and what it comes down to, and I've, I've shared this story before, 
when you're somebody who's in the insurance business, your job is to transfer your risk to the insurance company. It's a simple definition of insurance. I'm transferring my risk of loss to the insurance company. I'm going to pay a premium. I'm going to do that. And when I look back on it, it was for me in making the decision to leave my job and do everything, the greatest risk for me was not taking the risk Mm. is what it came down to. Man, is there a way that you can Google something for us as we're talking? Yeah, go ahead. Um, There's this great quote, and I'm going to blab through it. You just make sure you find who said it. And it it says something, and you you may be familiar. Um, Somebody said that there came a time for the bud where it was more risky to stay. You might If you just put that in there, it'll come up. Uh, Something on the lines of it it was more risky for the bud to remain withdrawn, Mm. right, right, than to fully bloom. And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to bloom. And that's that's what you're saying. Exactly. You're loving that, right? Yeah, now. I'm loving that, right? Now. I've never heard that before. There you go. You're like, that's why I came here today. Yeah, exactly. Interview I mean, over. I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but done. right, isn't that isn't yeah, that, that was true? What it really because there's more to. risk. You had the dream. You knew what you had to do. It became more risky for you to sit on that. Well, yeah. I didn't, and I didn't want to be. 20 years from now, or at that point in time in 2009, saying, gosh, what if? Right. What if we would have done that? You know, so that was the big thing for me. And uh, so I I can associate with that. I had a moment like that, okay, Mm -hmm. Um, where I had just finished my uh, master, my MDiv, the Masters of Divinity. Mm -hmm. And uh, on my way to school, I would always see a billboard for a master's in organizational leadership. And it always stood out to me, and it just became more and more important that, or apparent, I should say, that I, that is something I need to pursue. And, and one of the big reasons was is I saw the lack of that kind of training in my Masters, in the, uh, masters of Divinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had one of those moments where I said, I'm not, I know this is what I'm going to, the right thing to do. And I just signed up, and I, I, I did it. In other words, um. Uh, I I went and you know paid and put the application in and I just did it. I just knew that if I'd sit around and mm. wait, that there would be people to, that would talk me out of it. Right. And so I right. just said, I'm going to do this. And this your story, and any of these types of stories mm. reminds me. And this is another incredible story. And this is a true story. And again, I apologize because I don't remember the guy's name or the details. But there was this high jumper. This, you're going to love this. Okay who uh, either he set the world record, this is at one point, I'm sure it's been destroyed by now, but he set the world record and in the interview after, are you ready for this? They asked him how he did it. You know what he said? I threw my heart over the top and my body followed. That's beautiful. Is that awesome? Right? I threw my heart over the top and my body followed. followed. That's really cool. And and I don't recommend doing that all day, every day, but there's a time where you got to act yeah. and you did it. Yeah. That's how, I mean, that's, uh, and I give my wife a lot of credit too, because she married an insurance agent, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's going to get stability and this and, you know, okay. And, but she got, she was all in too. All in. And, and how important was that to do that in unison that you were a team? It was critical. I mean, because we, again, we knew nothing about, 
the eyewear optical industry, basically, in terms of how to even start. And at least she had some some opticianary training, <laughs> but it was critical that we were both in this together because it's like we're you know. If we fail, we're we're going down together. But if we don't, we're we're gonna strive together. But I, I'm telling you, man, it's been it was a roller coaster. It was you know at times we were like we're gonna make this. It was it, starting a new business um, is very difficult. Um, I'm glad I didn't know what I didn't know. I probably wouldn't have done what I did. Huh. I mean, so those are the kind of things you're like look back and you're like how much actually work it took and how much literally, no pun intended, blind faith it took to do this mm -hmm. and get it done. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of mistakes were made. I mean, I would, I've, I look back on, you know, I learned, you know, at least say it's, you, know, you learn more from your mistakes and your successes. Right. So, and, but here we are, 11 years later. <laughs> and we're right. sitting here now. So yeah. why don't you... Um, we heard a little bit about you and your background. Mm -hmm. um, where, where were you from originally? Did you say I, that? I grew up near Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Marysville, to be ex exact, uh, at a town out, right outside of Columbus, home of the Honda plants. And so uh, that's uh, where we got our thing. And But I've lived, uh, I went to High Northern University, and right from there I worked for the Cincinnati Financial Corporation, which is Cincinnati Insurance, and then... Got promoted out here as a field manager, and I lived in in Poland, Ohio. And then, and then uh, Gilberts recruited me in after I worked with them as, in that field manager capacity, and uh, and then moved. So we moved to Sharon. So I've been I've actually been in you know the Mahoney Shenango Valleys uh, since um, 1995. Oh. Actually, yeah. What's one thing that makes the Shenango Valley unique in your per perspective? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a really good question. I think, I mean, there it's, it's a tight knit group and there's no, no doubt about it. It's a, it, it's a, it's a very nice place to live I've learned. And, and the diversity here, you know, growing up in uh -huh. central Ohio, there wasn't, seemed like there wasn't a lot of diversity. I didn't even know what wedding soup was. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, or, or cookie tables or stuff oh, like that. Man. Like I, what? I, I didn't either. And like, that was a, yeah. you know, my wife's from Newcastle. And, oh, I mean, really? Yeah. That's where I'm from. Okay. Yeah. So she went to Shenango and that's where you know, she's from. And we spent a lot of time there. Her parents are still there. But uh, yeah, that's one of the things is like family seems really tight knit here. And, uh, and, and again, I like the ethnicity of everybody I love. Because I really didn't get that in Central yeah. Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah, we got it here. Yeah, we got the best in those little restaurants and yeah. mom and pop right. shops. Right. It's just amazing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say because when I moved to Newcastle in '09, now mind you, I'd lived in places predominantly that were bigger cities like St. Louis, Lawton, Oklahoma, Lancaster, PA. Mm. Okay, so the, th the three things I was shocked the most about just this area, not even Newcastle, is one. Even though like Newcastle has a population of over twenty thousand people, it runs like it's a town that has like three hundred people in it. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like I was a new kid, and everyone in town knew I was the new kid. Like because my name, I always joke with Anthony that because I'm not Italian and my name doesn't sound Italian. Like when I told people my name's Seth Walters, they were like, "All right, you're not from here." You know, <laughs> no. Um, 
And the, the, the second thing was was the amount of the fact that like Newcastle is the first place I've ever lived where when people give directions, they give directions by restaurants. <laughs> straight names. They're like, go straight to Mary's. Right. Turn left yeah. at. Um, it's funny. I guess I've been indoctrinated so long. It's like, hey, Jim, where are you located? Well, we're behind Lulu Beans. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, right. Well, that's funny because I tell people where I live. That's funny you say that. I give two restaurants. I'm not going to say it on. Lo- I'm not going to say it on air. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's uh, something that I do. Yeah. Everything's about the food. Yeah. yeah. And the third thing. Um, say so the third thing of just about the area in general is that um, they're very passionate about their Steelers, like very passionate. And the reason why that shocked me is because I'm in my head I'm thinking this is nowhere near Pittsburgh. You're gonna get a mixture of like Browns right, fans, right, right. Steelers fans, Eagles fans. Nope, all no, Steelers. Broski. This is Steeler Nation. They will stab you. I converted. I converted to becoming a Steelers fan because when I moved up here, since or the Cleveland Browns left to Baltimore, I'm like, I am teamless, and the Bengals were terrible. Mm-hmm. So I I converted over, but I secretly root for the Browns. Yeah, you know, I want them to do well. But I still root for the Steelers when they're playing each other. But I want to see the Browns at least get there. Now everyone knows <laughs> your secret. Yeah, I always say I have two favorite teams. One is the is the Rams, both St. Louis Rams mm-hmm. and the L.A. Rams. Either way, it's the Rams. And then the second team is anyone who can beat the Patriots. Hmm. Why do you have a Raiders tattoo in your back then? I, you know, just to shake things up. Okay, it's a good good conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Let's veer off a little okay, bit here. Sure. What What do you do for fun? What does Jim do for fun? How do you unplug? Oh gosh, I'm learning about that again. I used to play a lot of golf. I used to when I, in the insurance business, I played a lot of golf. I live, you know, on a golf course, and but I walk it. I don't play golf much anymore. But uh, um, we go camping. We have a little camping trailer. We got a few years ago where we enjoy that. Um, now, time out. Are we talking? Um, the camp, like it's the more, tent, it, it's more, a little it's, more elaborate. It, it's glamping. Okay. It's glamping. Okay. It's got everything you need to enjoy the scenery, you know. But it's, yeah, it's it's great. But, you know, we, you know, prior to COVID, um, my wife and I are Disney addicts. We, mm. um, we, we go to Orlando a lot and we're... We go to Disney quite often. And um, so we haven't been there. We actually were there the first week of March when things were going crazy. Oh. Disney closed down like like five days later. I was there at the end of February. Yeah. Yeah. So we do. That's kind of been our, our little our little getaway from everything when you because you know we, we literally we feel like we live our job you know and but mm. we love it it's not really a job it's a vocation but it's like we're constantly in it and and for us Disney was always just like this little escape for us we would go there and 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 not really think about anything else and just mm-hmm. enjoy enjoy our time together as as husband and wife mm. I think that's so important when you work with your spouse that there's got to be you got to give yourselves a little bit of separation and you got to have a hobby together that we enjoy to do together and so that's kind of what we do hmm. yeah I, like, I think yeah. that's a great thing so yeah. how many years have you been you've been going to, to Disney for what, every year for well, ever since I was, you know, yeah, that's 11 years. We go there. We actually launched our brand there. 
that's a whole other story if you want to get into that. Uh, that was a pretty amazing story. Sure, share it. Okay. Because uh, this um, is probably why we're kind of Disney freaks. But uh, So I went there for my 40th birthday. All right. And I said, I'm never going back. Because <laughs> I was like, I, I, I did the Disney thing. We're good. And um, so and this was 2009. All right. So I resigned from my job, but, but didn't have, uh, didn't fully resign for another three months. I wanted to give the company plenty of time to find somebody and, and transition and all that kind of thing. So, but I knew I was, my cutoff date was, I'm done on September 1st, 2009. And I was flipping through a, a magazine and uh, we love Christian music and we, we started going to a lot of Christian concerts. And, and I saw that um, Disney had an event called Night of Joy um, the, the second week in September. And I said jokingly to Amy, say, hey, I don't have a job at that time. And we're starting Eyes of Faith officially September 1st. We should just launch our brand there. I said it jokingly, and she's like, and then she, she kind of laughed it off too. Next morning, I play golf with a gentleman, and then I get during that golf mas- message, ma- match, I got a message saying from a guy who was an insurance consultant for us from Kansas City, Missouri. I took him to the, to the airport, and I was talking about the Eyes of Faith story that we're doing, and this was in 2009. He calls me. He said, Jim, you need to call me back as soon as you can. And I call him back, and I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm out of the insurance business. <laughs> and he's like, Jim, I got a guy here you need to talk to. Puts me on the phone with him. He said, hey, Jim, my name's Buddy Smith. Gary told me about your uh, Eyes of Faith project. Have you ever heard of Disney's Night of Joy? you got to be kidding me. And I said, yeah, yesterday. He's like, I'm the sponsor coordinator. We want you. I'm like, What? Yeah, like this is a joke. Yeah, I mean, sorry, seriously, really I mean, seriously, are you seriously saying you're the sponsor coordinator? And this is the first year that that is even allowed sponsors for the event. Okay, so I'm like, okay, I'm interested because this is really, really weird. Um, and he told me how much it was going to cost. So I basically threw up, and and but I got him back on the phone and say, okay, let's talk. Two weeks later, huh. we're flying down to to meet with Disney's executives to become the first ever sponsor of a stage at Disney's night of joy. Okay. Hollywood studios. I don't know if you've ever been to Hollywood studios, but it's the beauty and the beast stage. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. So Amy and I have a little thing when we, we just got to stop, drop and pray. Sometimes we, we were at, they put us up at the beach club, all fancy and, and we're like, hey, we gotta pray about this because we're about to re- use a lot of God's resources here on on <laughs> launching a brand without any product. <laughs> okay, we just have a brand so far, and um, so we got on our knees, we prayed, we asked for God's leading and guidance on it, and we're like, we got up and said, okay, let's go to the pool. We walked out, and I kid you not, there was a there was a sky rider riding trust Jesus in the sky. <laughs> I kid you not. That's what I'm like. Oh, I think we got our signal. Yeah, pretty clear. So we went to the meeting. We're doing it. Let's let's rock it out here. And we uh, 
ended up meeting uh, some amazing people during that whole process that are still great friends of ours. The, I can tell you the Delilah collaboration that happened last year would not have happened if we didn't launch our brand in Disney World. Uh, we met, we've met so many people. We've you know fit you know a great Christian artist with our glasses, and so and those again those relationships continue, and it was because we said yes to that event. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you're you are not getting through this interview without sharing that story. That, that is fantastic. Right? <laughs> well, it's like it's like I mean, it was like well, we're Disney addicts, and then but you know, when you spend that much time and you launch your brand there, you've got to. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't do the event anymore. Oh, they don't. They don't. Um, they they slowly moved it out, and uh, but yeah, but we had we had had a good run. It was like thirty some years they were okay. doing that. Wow. Yeah. I know I know Seth has a question or two here, but I want to ask a theological question mm-hmm. only because I heard you mention it. Yeah. Give me your understanding. You mentioned God's resources. Mm-hmm. How what is your view? How's the the outlook theologically there of that? And I, I'm not I, I'm asking because I'm thinking more of the audience right. in a wider audience as they listen to this mm-hmm. because that's not um something you hear a lot of, especially outside of the church. Sure. So, you know, share that understanding so folks kind of know where you're coming from. Well, we we feel um, God is our CEO, and um, it's his resources that we're utilizing, whether it be financial, time, energy, whatever it is, it's, it's all a gift from him. And that's what we get really upset when we make mistakes or do something that— we feel is outside of what he probably wanted for us at that time. And, um, so that's kind of the way we view it. It's like, you know, we, you know, we pray every morning. It's like, you know, let's, what's your will for us today and what we're going to do and, um, and how we're going to spend money, how we're going to spend our time. And, and, and Amy and I are committed to, and again, resources are a number of things. It's like, but, Time is your most precious resource that we have, mm. and that's gonna. That's like what our next twelve month commitment is: is time management. It's where we're, we've delved deep in what's called a um, full focus planner. So we just got to make sure that we're using our time uh, as best as we can, and then and using those financial resources as best as we mm. can. You mentioned the full focus planner. That's by Michael Hyatt. Yes, correct. Give yeah. us a quick and skinny on that again. If somebody's not familiar, yeah. Well, it's um, it's actually I'm getting fully trained on it in an hour or two. Okay, <laughs> okay but it's um, it's something we just started, and it really kind of it talks about not just annual goal setting and and, and but it what's your daily goal? Like, what is your fir- what's your three big things you want to accomplish today? Mm. Okay, so you start setting those those goals, like my big my big three today. One, this was one of them. All right, we're on his radar. You were on. You were, I, I literally wrote down big three podcast with Anthony, and um, and you try to accomplish. You got to make sure you try to accomplish those big three in that day. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, sometimes you try to accomplish by noon, and mm-hmm. you got the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really intense in terms of uh, really delving in to what every half hour looks like in your day. And that's every day you have to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly what my plan our plan's going to be because what happens when you're running a company and you're 
you, know, you get pulled in a lot of different ways and you, you get emailed to death. Um, you've got to like start structuring things a little bit and delegating and, and doing those types of things. So that's why we're, um, our, again, our biggest resource right now is time. And we have to make sure we're utilizing our time uh, so efficiently at this stage. Because we're we're a small company, so we have we wear a lot of hats. So we just got to try to figure out how to do that. But that's Mm -hmm. does that answer your question? Yeah, that's that's excellent. And Mm -hmm. so you know, if you're out there listening and you kind of are in business or you're you're struggling with time management, check out Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner. It could bring you a lot of uh, freedom. Yeah. Yeah. In the long run. So absolutely. Very cool. So. One of the things that was like I'm always fascinated by um, is how other people's past experiences, whether it be in a job or organization or just whatever, how that plays into what they're currently doing now. So you said you worked in insurance, correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. Uh, I, I think of like like Moses. Before Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, God had him practice by leading sheep. Okay. Hmm. How do you think where you are now, how do you think God prepared you through working through insurance to get, to get you to do what you're doing now? That's a great question. Um, I think, you know, when I look back at my, my insurance career, um, something that was, I I don't think I was very good at was all the detail aspects of things. (laughs) Okay. And I was supposed to be very detailed Mm -hmm. and, but I was really good at building relationships and, um, and I kind of let other people work on the details. And, um, and I think as an, as an insurance underwriter and then, uh, and then a, a risk manager, you know, you've got to get, you, you, you've got to be trained on details. And that has, again, it was out of my comfort zone. So it wasn't like, that's not kind of my character. It's like, I'm not a really detailed person. However, the insurance business made me (laughs) a detailed person in in a lot of capacity. And now it's like, as as I go through, um, you know, with Eyes of Faith Optical, you've got to be detailed. You got to like, you got to again, get structured and, and that type of thing. And not just, not just you know, be impetuous in, in every decision. So that's helped me. But I think, you know, when I look back in the insurance business is really, it taught me how to build relationships. Hmm. I mean, I had to, I had to go and sell myself to these corporate accounts. Why to do business with me hmm. and, and trust me with your risk transfer hmm. and pay me a lot of premium to do that. So, so when I look back on that, I think that's really part of is every relationship is based on trust. If you lose trust, you lose everything. So, and that's kind of how we operate with, uh, with our optical partners. It's like they, they trust us, you know, we're going to operate in it with integrity we're going to operate um, with Christian values that we you know, that we feel, and if and we always kind of say, um, do what's right, even if they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Do just do what's right, and and that's how we operated through through my entire career. But I wasn't always a Christian though, too. <laughs> so, but uh, that's kind of what, what 
it separates very us cool. out. Yeah. Very cool. So if you had, if someone came to you and they said, I have a similar calling, uh, maybe not in the exact field, but if someone wanted to do what you're doing, they have this calling, mm-hmm. um, they feel that God is telling them that they need to do, um, and it's very risky. And they come to you for advice and they're saying, what do I do? I say, actually, I want to ask two questions. The first question is, is how do you know if something is of God mm-hmm. or of just your own ambition? So, okay. Great question. And, and you really don't know, I mean, for sure. Um, but it's like, you know, you kind of talked about the, the whole, the whole passion piece, um, what's welling up inside you. Yeah. Um, but I took that passion, but then I started investigating it. And the more that we investigated it, um, the more confirmation we got mm. that we were on the right path. So, I mean, I get my kind of part of my, uh, my faith story was investigating mm. the claims of Christ okay. is how I became a Christian. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, that's kind of, and that's, I did the same thing with eyes of faith is let's, let's, let's investigate this, but it always comes down. You can investigate all you want and it all comes down to that passion and is, is the greatest risk not taking it. Okay. Yeah. So then the second question is, yeah. is, you act upon it. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them on how to keep that fire going and not let mistakes or um, barriers stop them? Well, I think with any entrepreneur, uh, if you go, you know, marketing 101, mm-hmm. the four P's of marketing, product, place, price, and promotion. Okay. And I think the four P's of entrepreneurship are um, prayer, perseverance, planning, and um, what's my fifth? What's what's my fourth one? I'm running. I'm rolling blank. I have a prayer. Uh, what prayer, prayer? Perseverance, plan, and and passion. And passion. passion. Oh my gosh, the one, the main one. Um, those those are the four elements that I kind of look at in terms of entrepreneurship. Um, first of all, do you have that passion piece? Okay. Mm. And do you have a plan? Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. What's your plan? What's your business plan? What are you going to do? Have you investigated it? And um, the perseverance, I think, is so critical because, you know, there's the idea of starting a company and getting it to where it need where it's financially stable and it can and not go out of business yeah. is very difficult. I mean, how many businesses go out of business after the first three years, five years? Right. You know, it's a it, the percentage is very high. Um, so the perseverance is is getting is making sure you have the right um, backing, the financial backing, to make sure that you can get through hard times because there's going to be hard times. Hmm no matter what business you're in. Right. And um, so we just, I mean, that's kind of what I, what I feel. It's like it's, if somebody is an entrepreneur and they want to get involved in this, uh, those are the kind of things I would have them look at. I like that before piece. Yeah. We can put some of that in the, the comments so people, yeah. when they when they look at this, could um, yeah. can see those four piece. 
Um, before we wrap things up here, so is there anything that you would like to share with the audience that perhaps we didn't um, get a chance to talk about? Um, not nothing that comes to mind. We've, we've talked about a lot. I mean, we've. Um, I mean, we. I just you know thank everybody. Can you know check out our check out our website. Um, you know, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and. Um, and we'd love for those folks to come and, and check out our Optigo boutique. Mm-hmm. It's very different. It's not a. It's not open to the public per se. Um, but you schedule an appointment with us, and and we had this all planned out before COVID. <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay. yeah, this was this was our intent before the whole social distancing and everything was. It was going to be because um, we we're, you know, it, it's going to be a, a job for Amy she had a lot of requests mm-hmm. from family and friends to get fitted for frame and lenses and and we needed kind of a special place for that and 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 a new place for her design studio and uh mm-hmm. so it's kind of worked out she only maybe takes one or two appointments a day for in that capacity um so check that out you can schedule it right online um if you happen to be an eye care professional out there you can schedule a consult with me right from our website we have some great, you know, videos of uh, seeing the operation right there on our site too. So, a lot of different options. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, last question. Yes. So I want you to think about for a second this. Um, you're able to go back in time, mm-hmm. and you meet Jim at let's say 15 years old ish. Okay. What advice do you give Jim? <sighs> um. The 15-year-old Jim, what I advise to him would be to, I don't want to sound too churchy, but Jim at 15 years old did not know Christ at all. And was and the church was looked at as an obligatory thing. And, and it would be try to encourage him to get involved, mm. investigate your faith and 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 just engage that way because that's the when i look back i mean it was like it was all about jim for a long time when for age 15 to you know 33 so yeah that's what i would do okay yep that seems like a pretty good place to uh end our show mm-hmm. one of the things you're going to see when we post this for this is for the audience uh jim walked in here and brought a spectacular pair of sunglasses. <laughs> so in the picture, you're going to see me standing with this super uh, cool of, uh, cool pair of sunglasses. And what we're doing is we're, we're setting trends. So this is the trend forecaster, yeah. and that's why he picked this yes, pastor yes. to set the trend. So and the name gonna, of the frame is Trust. There you go. So we're setting the trends today here at Faith Presbyterian Church. Listen, this has been fantastic. Jim, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy. We've learned a lot. I know that um, the... The audience is going to be blessed by this. This is Anthony Cladidas here at Faith Presbyterian Church signing off another Engage podcast and a leader for leader, a show, and we look forward to connecting again next week. Be blessed.